This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. speaking in our mother language. He's speaking in our language, Hebrew. So now they're more quiet. They're listening in. And Paul does this thing for two reasons. Number one, he's doing this to identify himself with his listeners. Listen, in other words, say, listen, can I talk to you in my language? You notice that happens with culture. When I try to speak Spanish and somebody, they don't even know what I am. I try to speak Spanish. It puts them comfortable. Okay, yeah, you I don't know what are you, but hey, I can relate now, you know? The Apostle Paul never shied away from sharing the gospel. He would do anything to reach the lost. In today's message, Pastor Eddie teaches us that as Paul spoke to people, he did everything that he could do to identify with them. When he was speaking to the Jews, for instance, he spoke to them in Hebrew, their mother tongue. As he did so, cultural barriers were instantly removed. We should emulate Paul's actions by doing our best to relate to people as we share the good news. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie with today's edition of Running the Race. You know, there are stories of people turning to Christ. It's amazing. It's innumerable. This book of Revelation said that when we get to heaven, we're going to see the saints. There are just too many to count. There is no number. But there are also those that have come to the Lord that have some testimonies that I don't know if you heard some of these testimonies. It just blows you away. I know I listen to some testimony that blows me away. I, I just love to hear testimonies of how people gave their life to the Lord. And then there's those that, you know, that you hear that uh, drug dealers, they surrender their life to Christ. Gang members surrender their life to Christ. You know, even people who are part of the mob or Satanist priests, people who worship Satan, who are priests. And I happen to know no one who actually surrendered his life to the Lord and actually was beat up by some of the people of that cult. Those stories are amazing. They're incredible and they blow me away. Now, I was raised up for the most part in church. And I remember growing up in church saying, man, I would love to have a testimony like that. Well, not to be a Satanist priest, that is, or to be a drug dealer or gang member, but, you know, something, you know, that, wow, if I share, people just blow their mind away. And I remember one time I shared that with a brother, and a brother said, wow. He said, you know, I said, man, you know, I was born in church. Yes, say, man, it would be nice to have a testimony like that. What do you say? And he said, you know what? You were raised in church? Well, praise the Lord. You made it through the church, you know? <laughs> and so it's true. It's not for you guys. So anyway, <laughs> I think that's amazing. But when you listen to testimonies like that, it's just awesome to hear. But can I tell you something, saints? You may not have uh, some kind of, you know, testimony that blows people away, some kind of story, but your testimony is the best testimony to share to the world, regardless. And that's exactly what we're going to find here in Acts chapter 22. The Apostle Paul, he's in prison, uh, actually not in prison, he was about to be killed by a mob, 
And this is exactly what, the, what Paul is going to do. He's going to share his testimony. Paul's conversion uh, to the Lord there in the road to Damascus is mentioned three times in the book of Acts, chapter 9, chapter 22, and chapter 26. I believe the Holy Spirit inspired uh, Luke to write this because his testimony is uh, mind-blowing, you know? And, and I think it is a testimony for those who are just like Paul. Jews, zeal for God, a zeal for God. In the beginning of the church, the birth of the church, were all Jews. And so the Lord trying to show, needed someone to not only be a Jew, but to minister to the Gentiles. And Paul was that man. And so the Apostle Paul, he's going to do that. He's going to share his testimony. And by way of review, in our last study, um, we, have, we saw that Paul received uh, several warnings not to go to Jerusalem. He had the disciples of Tyre tell him, listen, don't go. I mean, we believe that out of all the scripture, when we line up all the scriptures of people giving Paul the prophecy in regards to Jerusalem, we believe that the Lord allowed him to go, but the prophecy was to tell Paul, listen, when you go to Jerusalem, as the Lord himself told him, you know, chains, trial, and prison awaits you when you get to Jerusalem. The Lord knew Paul's heart. He had a heart for his brethren. He had a heart to go to Jerusalem and share the gospel. And the Lord, the Lord gave, grant his desire. And the Lord grants the desire of your heart. In Psalms, it tells us, chapter 20, verse 4, gives you the desire of your heart. And Paul, regardless of the warning, he had a warning. He had warning from the disciples of Tyre. Tyre. He had warnings from the disciples in Caesarea. Even Paul's disciples even the prophet Agabus came to him and said, listen, the man whose uh, belt is, is bounding my hands and my feet uh, is the one that's going to be bound when you get to Jerusalem. Even Luke, there at Philip's house, warned him, don't go to Jerusalem. This is what waits you. Paul had a love for the Lord. He had a love for the Lord. And though, you know, as he said before, I, I, you know, all these things don't move me. I don't count my life dear to myself. He still went on to go to Jerusalem. Now, when Paul made it to Jerusalem, he met with the apostles of the first church. These are the apostles that um, uh, started, were the leaders of the church from the, the day of the, the birth, of, the day of Pentecost. And so James, the half-brother of Jesus, is there. He's talking with Paul. And he's, he's telling, he's sharing with Paul, say, listen, Paul, now that you're here in Jerusalem, listen, there's, there's rumors going on that you're preaching people against the laws of Moses. And Paul was not teaching against the laws of Moses. To the Gentile, he was saying it was not necessary, such as circumcision. And he's telling them, listen, we're going to be here. We need a fellowship. We need to get together. But there's a rumor out there about you. You're in Jerusalem. You have Christian Jews that want to kill you because they're still loyal to Judaism. They're still loyal to the rituals of Judaism. And then you have Jews who are not Christians. They want to just kill you. Bottom line. So let's do this. And this is the counsel they gave Paul. I said, listen, we have four men who are in the middle of taking the vow, which is the Nazarite vow. They need to pay for their offerings. And so go with these four men and pay for their, and pay for their offerings because that kind of vow could be costly. To take a Nazarite vow, again, you have to be off sometime from work, almost a month. And then on top of that, you're not working, getting paid. You have to now shell out money for the offerings. And so usually it was a custom, someone that was well off, someone that was willing to pay for someone or pay for someone who was going through, uh, who was taking the Nazarite vow, 
you know, you want to just, they want to just bless them and say, listen, I'm going to pay for your offering. And so that's what they did. They instructed Paul, go to the temple. So when Paul goes to the temple, paying for uh, uh, their offerings of these four men, being a part of Israel, because Paul says to the Jew, I was a Jew, to the Gentile, I was a Gentile. These things didn't mean anything to Paul. Though Paul was a champion of grace, we're not saved by works, but by the grace of God. Paul still, some of these things were dear to his heart. He was raised with this. To him, he knows he doesn't need it for salvation, but he did it anyway. Paul himself took a Nazarite vow, remember, before he went to Jerusalem. And so this is not needed. And Paul shares that. But he did it anyway. And so Paul goes to the temple. And there, while he's in temple, that there are some Jews from Asia Minor who identify Paul. Paul had a reputation. Remember, mind you, there's a time when there was no publication. This was a time when there was no magazines or pictures. Paul, you know, nobody had to look at his face. They knew that this was Paul the Apostle. He had a reputation. Everybody knew who he was. All the Jews from all over, from all the regions, are coming to Jerusalem for the, for the festival. And here are some Jews from Asia Minor. They identify him and say, this is Paul. This is the man. So they cry help and they grab Paul and they started to beat him. And, and if it wasn't for the Roman commander who had his soldiers and had a centurions, he oversaw his soldiers and centurions. Centurions oversee, you know, they oversee a hundred soldiers. That's a lot. If it wasn't for the commander there who was stationed at the fortress Antonia, is in a tower that's alongside the temple, Paul would have been dead. So they go and they get and they save Paul, and Paul is there asking the commander, listen, excuse me, speaks to him in Greek. And now the commander is blown away. He says, excuse me, may I speak to the crowd? This is the crowd that wants to kill him, and he wants to speak to the crowd. That was Paul. He only needs an audience. He don't care if they want to kill him. He doesn't care if they hate him. He don't care if he's going to get tomatoes thrown at him. He still wants to share the gospel. This was the heart of Paul. And though he was suffering, probably most likely he was beat. Remember, he was, probably was in pain. Probably was suffering in pain because he was beat up by mom. But though he was suffering physically, his heart was great. His love for his brethren, his love to share the gospel was greater. So really to share the gospel. And so, you know, we studied chapter 21. It ended with like, hello, <laughs> you know, it's just cut right there. You figured it would go through 22. But again, the word of God is inspired by the Holy Spirit, but not the verse, the Bible, not, sorry, not the chapter and verses are. We're thankful that they're there because if it wasn't there, we can't find a place. But here's where we continue. Chapter 22, Paul is going to share again his testimony. This is what he's going to do. He's going to share his testimony. Verse 1, brethren and fathers, hear my defense before you now, the word defense is an important word, is the Greek word where we get apologia, where we get apologetics, and is to give a defense for your faith. Always be ready to give a defense, Paul says. And what does that mean? To give a defense for the, your faith in Christ Jesus. And so Paul says, hear my defense. He gets their attention, verse 2. And when they heard that he spoke to them in Hebrew, in the Hebrew language, they kept all the more silent. They hear him speak. I said, wait a minute. He's speaking in our mother language. He's speaking in our language, Hebrew. So now they're more quiet. They're listening in. And Paul does this thing for two reasons. Number one, he's doing this to identify himself with his listeners. Listen, in other words, he's saying, listen, can I talk to you in my language? 
You know, as that happens with culture, when I try to speak Spanish and somebody didn't even know what I am, I try to speak Spanish, it puts them comfortable. Okay, yeah, you, I don't know what are you, but hey, I can relate now, you know? And this is what Paul is doing. He's trying to relate with them. That's the first thing he's doing. Also, he's identifying with their religion, with Judaism. Though he's free from that, but he's about to share and how much of a Jew he was. He was more of a Jew than they were a Jew. And so Paul surprised. We see that he surprised the Roman commander in the last chapter in 21 when he started to speak Greek. He speaks Aramaic. That was the common language. So he speaks Greek, Aramaic, and now he's speaking Hebrew. So he's not bilingual. He's trilingual. Paul is a very wise man, well-educated When they heard that he spoke to them in Hebrew language, they kept all the more silent. Then he said, this is what he's saying. I am indeed a Jew, born in Tarsus of Cilicia, but brought up in this city at the feet of Gamaliel, taught according to the strictness of our father's law and was zealous towards God as you all are today. In other words, Paul is doing, he's identifying with, them, with, 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 his, with the crowd, with the mob that wants to kill him. He's identifying with them. He said, I'm a Jew just like you. I'm a fellow Jew. I said, I was born in Tarsus of Cilicia. So what does that make him? That was Rome. It was the providence of Rome. So he's saying, though I was born in Tarsus, so that makes him a Roman citizen. And this is important. Verse 3, when we get to the end of the chapter. I was born in Tarsus, but I was raised up. I was brought up in the city, this city, Jerusalem. Not only that, I was at the feet of Gamaliel, taught according to the strictness of our father's law. Gamaliel is a first century, well-respected master teacher of the law. Everybody knew who he was. Every Pharisee, every Sanhedrin, he was the most respected man out of all the Pharisees. He was the member of the Sanhedrin, and he was responsible for most of Paul's rabbinic education. Paul was schooled by this man. So for Paul to mention this to the crowd, this is what they're thinking. It's just as if today, if I was to say, well, not today, I was taught at the feet of Charles Spurgeon. Or today, I was taught at the feet of Billy Graham or Chuck Smith. That caught their attention. This is not just a Pharisee. This is not just a Sanhedrin. Obviously, he's more than a Jew. He's, he was taught by this man. And so Paul is relating to his listeners. He's speaking to them in their language. At this point, the Roman soldiers, many, maybe many of the, some of them may know Hebrew, but they were really influent strongly in Hebrew. And so this is kind of excluding them. So now, let's put the Gentiles aside. It is you and I now. I'm speaking to you in our language. I was a Jew just like you. And that's what he's saying. And that's how Paul was. First thing he does when he shares his testimony, when you share your testimony, is relating, relating, relating with the people you're talking to. I'm not saying to agree with the sin, or the Bible says do not imitate the world in the practice of their sin, to imitate their sin. But it's just to relate. Listen, I, yeah, I've been from that. Where, where are you from? Oh, you're from the Bronx. Yeah, from the Bronx. You see how that starts a conversation? He started dialing. That's what this is Paul's doing. So Paul says, I'm a Jew. 99% of the crowd could agree. Say, yeah, we're all Jews. Yeah, 99%, right? 
Next, he says, uh, I, was, I was taught, I went to rabbinical school, and I, I was taught the strictness of the Father's law, the laws of Moses. How many could say that there were Pharisees in that crowd or in the Sanhedrin? About 20%. I'm just guesstimation. Don't hold me to it and don't write a letter. He taught at the feet of Gamaliel, maybe 1%, maybe just a handful. Now he's narrowing down. And what Paul is saying to the people, he said, listen, you want to talk about being a Jew? You want to talk about being zealous for God, even to kill someone? I was more of a Jew than you were a Jew. That's what he's saying. So he opens up that dialogue to say, listen, I could relate, but I was more of a Jew than you were a Jew. How much so? How much of a Jew were you, Paul? I, got, I hear your resume. Could you imagine somebody in the crowd? What does that mean? Okay. I'll take you a little step further. He's going to go. Verse 4. How much so? He says, I persecuted this way to the death, binding and delivering into prisons both men and women, as also the high priest bears me witness and all the counsel of the elders from whom I also received letters to the brethren and went to Damascus to bring in chains even those who were there in Jerusalem to be punished. What is he saying? Now that I told you who I am, my background, my education, where I stand, my zeal of God, this is the proof. I persecuted the way. Who's the way? The Christian church. If you don't believe me, what does he say? He says that the priest, the high priest, bears me witness. I went out hounding, looking after them. I searched after the people of the way, the disciples of the Lord. I went after them, looking for them, putting them to death, arresting both men and women, throwing them into prison. And what does Paul says in verse 5? And if you don't believe me, the high priest bears witness. And what else? Not only the high priest, but all the council of the elders, the Sanhedrin leadership there in in the temple of Judaism, about 70 You don't believe me? Ask everyone. All. All means all. So ask them. See, they know how zealous for God I was. I even killed. I persecuted the people of the way. Back in chapter 9, this is the account of Paul's Account of Paul's conversion on the road to Damascus in chapter 9, verses 1 through 2. It says, then Saul, still breathing threats and murder. He was breathing. He was practically anger. Breathing anger and murder against the disciples of the Lord. Went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogue of Damascus. So that if he found any who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. Now here is where Paul is going to share his testimony. Here's, he already opened him up. Listen, we're on the same page here. I'm going to do just like you. Raise, okay, I'm, okay. I'm going to show you how zealous I am from God. But this is how I met the Lord. And what I love about Paul, he's one of the most educated men. The Lord used, that's why I think his conversion is so important for our church history. And we look at scripture, wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. It's because his, of his conversion. He was zealous for God. So much he was willing to kill. And now, here's a very well-educated, wise man who's going to speak to this mob that wants to kill him, to this crowd of worshipers who came in for the feast. He's not going to talk to them theology. And this is what I love about Paul. Though he could. He's not going to speak theology. He's not going to speak doctrine. 
though there is doctrine and there's some theology you and I as students can study, but the simplicity of the gospel, he's just going to share his testimony. This is how I came to know the Lord. He's not going to open up his lexicon and, you know, Hebrew, Greek. He's not going to, you know, go to Deuteronomy. He's just going to share his personal experience. And that's why I say your testimony is very important. Whether you have a Bible degree or not, you share what God has done in your life. The greatest testimony you can share to the world is your testimony and what God has done in your life. And this is what Paul is doing. He's going to share uh, how he met the Lord. Saints, when you share the gospel of Jesus Christ, don't try to be smart. Don't try to act like a scholar. Understand the heart. You know, if you want to be a perfectionist, you want to be a scholar, there are universities for that. Just be the simplicity of the gospel. That's all. Share the love of Jesus Christ. Don't give them theology when you're sharing the gospel. They need to meet Jesus first. How can they know? They haven't met Jesus, and you're going to give them theology. Simplicity of the gospel. Don't start teaching them in Hebrew and Greek or start talking in King James Version. God don't speak in the King James Version. I came from a church where they try to spiritualize everything, and just to make it more spiritual and holy, they speak in the King James They'll talk to you, you know, regular language, you know, New York, you know, mean Spanglish, you know, hey, how you doing? And then all of a sudden they, pre- they pray in public, for thy, you know, it's like, whoa, really? Come on, let's be real. What I'm saying is just be simple. People love when you're genuine, when you're not trying to be a scholar. And so Paul is sharing his testimony to his mob and his road to Damascus experience. He was after the, the people of the way. In verse 6, it says, now it happened. He begins to say, as I journey, I came near Damascus about noon. Suddenly a great light from heaven shone around me. And I fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to me, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? So I answered, who are you, Lord? And he said to me, I am Jesus of Nazareth, whom you are persecuting. You know, I love it when Jesus answered him. I think, you know, this is, this is for us, you know, some kind of, this is theology for us. This is doctrine for us. I just love that when the Lord says, I am Jesus when you're persecuting. The answer Jesus gave, he, Jesus, in other words, identify himself with the bride, with the church. He identifies himself with you. So when you're persecuted, God is being persecuted with the Lord Jesus Christ. Is he being persecuted with you? That's what he tells Paul. You're persecuting the church. You're persecuting me. When they mess with you, they're messing with Jesus. You're betrothed to Jesus Christ. You're the bride of Christ. You belong to him. Listen, I have a wife. I love the Lord at grace, but nobody's going to mess with my wife. And that's how it is with Jesus. And Jesus said, you know, he identifies, he says, the reference to me gave Paul the first glimpse of the greatest doctrine of Christian being in Christ. In other words, Jesus is saying, listen, you persecute my people, you're persecuting me. We're sure today's message has been a blessing to you. Maybe you'd like to get a copy. Perhaps a family member or a friend or even a neighbor came to mind while you were listening today. We'd love to help you share God's Word. Here's Tracy with all the information you need. Life these days moves fast. 
from one appointment to the next, most of us race through our days with blinding speed. Those in-between moments are great opportunities to connect with God by hearing from Him. To hear more encouraging words from God's Word through the ministry of Pastor Eddie, go to runningtheraceradio.com and then click on the radio page. There you'll find today's message and many more. Thanks, Tracy. Again, to secure your own copy of today's message, simply log on to runningtheraceradio.com. You can also give us a call if you'd like. That number to call is 570-296-7367. Another option to get in touch with us is to send us an email. Our email address is info at runningtheraceradio.com. Once again, you've been listening to Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel in Milford, Pennsylvania. In the next edition of Running the Race, Eddie will continue teaching through the book of Acts. So please make plans to join us. On behalf of Pastor Eddie and everyone here with Running the Race, we'd like to thank you for listening today. Join us again for another edition of Running the Race. Running the Race.